everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hi everyone, you'll have to excuse Curtis's voice. He had a lot of beers yesterday, and that's what happens to his voice. Whether he's been talking or not, it's just strictly the beer. Yes, I am a bit hungover right now, so... Uh, I will do my best to not mail this in. And speaking of mailing things in, this episode is Season 5, Episode 20, Two Weeks. And in this episode, Pam programs a new copier, Charles makes some personnel changes, and Michael mails it in. We kick off this episode with Michael recounting his quitting experience in New York with the entire office. And he is going into painstaking detail as to how everything went down. That's because he loves the attention. He literally is surrounded by nearly the whole office in the kitchen telling the story. And it, it's not uber exciting quite frankly in terms of how the actual quitting comes about and that prompts everyone to sort of question like that's it that's all you just said I quit and you have no idea how high I can fly like you didn't do this thing this thing this thing and he's like no you guys have definitely thought a lot about (laughs) quitting more than I have And so the cold open really ends with Oscar sort of saying that he has his own quitting fantasies and he loves a good quitting story because it gives him hope. And he just ends off saying, but I dream and sort of just the bubble popping of, yep, this is just all a dream. There isn't a whole lot to the main part of this episode, but... In terms of it being like a comedic episode, it's not very good, but I do think it's a very well-written episode because it basically focuses on two people and they both are kind of reacting to and formulating their own plans based on the events happening in the office that day. Yeah, that's a really good point. So first we start with Michael. Michael has put in his two weeks, which makes zero sense to me. He told David Wallace he quits. And so why is he just not working there? Like, why didn't he just literally just quit? Like the fact that he, they have him put in his two weeks here just doesn't make a ton of sense. Especially for the regional manager position and like a sales position, And Charles essentially being there. So Charles is now sticking it out at the Scranton branch, probably because Michael has quit and because probably more issues popped up in his one day visit at the Scranton branch than any other visit at the other branches, I would have to guess. And everyone asks Michael what his plans are for the future. As Curtis said, Michael is really phoning it in. He is being a nuisance to everyone, basically. He's drinking scotch with Splenda seemingly all day. He doesn't have any plans 
he's going to essentially, you know, stay up all day, sleep all night, not care about calories, stuff that doesn't have any relation to whether he has a job or not. When everyone asks if, hey, have you reached out to anyone? Do you, you know, what effort have you made in your job search? Michael says that any good headhunter would know he's available. He knows the market. He's not worried. But as people rightfully point out, it's a tough job market out there because global financial crisis, budgets are being cut, jobs are being cut, people are being let go. It's just not a great time to be job searching, quite frankly. Right. And at one point we see in this episode somebody coming in to interview for Michael's job. And Michael is, you know, just sitting on the couch wasting time and he talks to this person. And this guy says that as much that, you know, it's just very tough out there that Dunder Mifflin was one of the few places he could find that was even hiring. And that guy's coming from Philadelphia. Yeah. And Michael is not doing himself any favors by limiting his search to just paper companies. Because like you said, he knows the business, but at the same time, the paper company industry isn't exactly thriving. And that's something that Jim tells him later on in the episode. And so Michael, by just limiting his search to paper companies is kind of killing his own prospects. We see him make a phone call to Prince Family Paper, a business that he knows, a company that he knows, and it turns out that they have gone out of business. And so Michael scratches them off the list, and that's pretty much where his prospects end. Yes. The little snippet of conversation with that regional manager candidate the fact that Prince paper is now closed has Michael worried so he tries to get on monster.com see what's out there he doesn't realize it's monster singular so he's actually looking at (laughs) I don't know some monsters website and the idea that he ends up landing on is that he's just going to start his own business he says that he got maybe all or maybe 50% of the Dunder Mifflin clientele. He can do it again. He knows the price points. He knows the market. So he is fixated on paper and he has decided that he's going to start the Michael Scott Paper Company. The first person that he approaches about this idea is Jim. He really wants Jim to come along with him and be his star salesman, Jim is rightfully skeptical. This is literally an idea that Michael came up with in response to his spontaneous quitting, his sort of lack of desire to pound the pavement for just management work, and his sort of desire to stick it to Dunder Mifflin in some way, perhaps. So Jim is just like, uh, nope, thought about it. Uh, I'm out. I don't need to give it any more thought. And, And accurately so. As Jim points out, you should, you being Michael, should go apply for a job at a real established company that has the money to pay you a salary. And that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stay at this company 
that allows me a salary. And Charles is keeping an eye on Jim still, just as with last week. And Michael is being a nuisance in the office. And so it sort of creates this tense atmosphere in some respects because Michael is now going around to everyone trying to secretly start up his company under Charles's nose. And Charles is trying to get everyone that's still working at Dunder Mifflin into a productive mode, like to just actually be doing work. Right. So as you said, Michael spends the rest of the day trying to recruit people to come over to the Michael Scott Paper Company. He talks to Andy and Stanley and Oscar but it, it, there's kind of this awkward moment when he is talking to Andy and Dwight walks into the kitchen area and Andy not wanting to f- come right out and say no passes the conversation on to Dwight so he could get out of there without having to say no. And Michael does not approach Dwight with the gusto that he has with everyone else. Seemingly, he doesn't want Dwight to be involved, which doesn't make a ton of sense considering Dwight's acumen as a salesperson. Yeah, it makes no sense to me why he was so cold on Dwight they have their relationship is sort of especially post the uh, golden ticket episode has sort of cooled a little bit Dwight doesn't hold Michael in such high regard as he did in seasons two and three I would say he doesn't you know worship Michael's feet and it's unclear if it's because Dwight has such a big book of business if Michael wants to be the alpha. It's really unclear why he would be so unsure about Dwight. Now, Dwight instantly is like, well, you know, my responsibilities with the farm and getting there. No one wants to join this company. I think Oscar's response is one of the best in terms of, do you have a business plan? Do you have funding? Where is this going to be located? Just all these logistical things. Like, do you have more than an idea? Which Michael does not. And that's what he's going to people with. Where Michael really crosses into some shady territory is when he asks Pam how he can turn a Dunder Mifflin order form into a Michael Scott paper company order form. And Michael does so by just changing the name at the top of the form by printing out, you know, Michael Scott Paper Company and then taping it over the Dunder Mifflin form and making copies of it, which that is probably not going to fly under any circumstances when he's leaving Dunder Mifflin. He's literally stealing their supplies. And so oddly enough, with all the things Michael is has done in this episode to not work and really all the things he has ever done to not work this is what gets him fired because once charles finds this paper he's like you can't do this you can't set up a competing paper company while you still work here and so Charles has Hank, the security guard, come up and walk Michael out of the building. 
So Michael officially gets fired. Yes. Except Michael sneaks back in. He gets past Hank. We don't see how. Gets past Hank at the security desk. Gets into... He goes through a side door. Oh, okay, okay. Gets into the Dunder Mifflin office and Army crawls, taking some stuff from accounting. Again, looks like order forms, something to that effect. Bothers people. He's trying to stay low to stay out of Charles's line of sight through the conference room window. And he sits at just like a file cabinet area and he says to everyone, you know, who's coming with me? This is it. Think about your life now. Now think about your future self. You're going to be so happy. You're going to be glad you did this. You're going to be challenged. Like what's your life? What is your life now? Like trying to convince people to go. And then he's like, okay, we're going to be leaving. Everyone who's with me stomp their feet. No one stomps their foot. Michael's desperate at this point, so he tries to pull Phyllis in her chair with him, and that's what tips off Charles because, again, right in front of him, right in his line of sight from the conference room is Phyllis's chair being jerked around. Charles goes out there, sees Michael on the floor, and is like, you have to go. And he's not even going to bother with Hank at this point. Charles is a pretty big guy. Michael has a handful of Dunder Mifflin you know, forms that he's trying to steal. And Charles is like, oh, no, I'll just take care of this myself. It's sort of like imposing, but not overtly threatening, I guess you could say. Michael ends up just dropping all the forms and then says, okay, come on, guys, let's go. And specifically calls out Jim. And Jim's like shaking his head no, especially in front of Charles. And Michael heads out the door. Michael does not leave completely empty-handed, though, because after he leaves, Pam stands up and goes outside to catch Michael and tells him that she is going to come with him to the Michael Scott Paper Company. And we've kind of seen this develop throughout this episode. The storyline that is focusing on Pam in this episode is that the office finally got a new copier and she has spent the entire day programming the copier and figuring everything out about it and setting it up. And so this exercise of getting the copier set up has kind of shown her how kind of empty and unfulfilling her job is. And so that is what inspired her to join Michael and quit Dunder Mifflin herself. Especially because other members of the office, particularly Kevin, keep hounding her about this copier and when it's going to be ready and how it should be used. And essentially she's responsible for this machine and she's sunk in so much of her day it just happened to coincide with the day that Michael makes this speech about, are you being challenged here? Are you fulfilled? And we just see that Pam is a little angsty in her life, doesn't necessarily know exactly what she wants out of her career. So at the end, when Michael is getting kicked out for the second time, she 
something just comes over her and she does say in her head like oh god she goes with him says hold on michael i'm coming with you jim is like what and that's another thing where just jim and pam have these impulses sometimes and they don't communicate or talk them out like okay well is pam gonna get paid they have a mortgage jim just bought his parents house how are they gonna make their bills work you know things like that and she's just like yeah i'm gonna do this thing and he followed he being jim follows her outside and it's just like wait are you sure about this and she's like yep and jim says okay i'll bring your stuff home (laughs) and so her and michael walk off they round the corner and there's this look of optimism and excitement that pam has and as they get off the dunder mifflin parking lot property and onto the sidewalk you can see her face shift to some concern like the the gravity and the reality of what she has done and this decision is sort of hitting home because okay yeah that sounds all well and great but do you actually have a job a company and so that pretty much is it for this episode like i said there's not a ton to it in terms of plot but it is a well-written episode and it does the job in moving forward the storyline and we see next episode the beginning of michael scott paper company So let's go to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about the episode. So this episode was written by Aaron Schur and directed by Paul Lieberstein. The writers really debated for a long time uh, who amongst the characters would be the one to go with Michael. And eventually they settled on Pam and there was a great deal of discussion on that because Pam was just trying to figure out what she wants in life. If you think about it, she really wanted to do this graphic design. And at the end of season four, like that's what she was going to do. And she was going to enroll in Pratt. And so she went and then things didn't really work out at Pratt. And she's back being the receptionist at Dunder Mifflin. And as Curtis pointed out, her nearly her entire day, so four to six hours, was spent just figuring out a copy machine, which is important. But as she points out, I know everything about this machine. I can make a book bound in plastic that you know has alternating colors. And she's like, so yeah, that's important. And just realizing, okay, well, I'm not gonna ever use that feature. Like that's just not something that Dunder Mifflin's putting together. At the end of the episode, Charles holds a meeting to say, okay, we've had another personnel change but that's not going to affect our work and he assigns kevin to answer phones and he assigns stanley to be the productivity czar and the reason that the writers chose that decision was to show that charles has this poise he is a clear leader and he says you know this isn't going to affect the fact that michael and pam have now left this isn't going to affect how this branch operates but He's still making this rookie mistake in that he doesn't know these people very well, but he definitely did not get a good read in making those assignments. 
originally the draft of this episode was going to include more back and forth between Jim and Pam about this impulsive decision in which Pam was going to point out to Jim that he made an impulsive decision in purchasing his parents' house without consulting her. Now, I wouldn't say that 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 decision was necessarily impulsive, just the fact that he didn't discuss it with her. However, the writers felt that it it just dragged too long. They didn't have the time for it, and they didn't have the time to make a resolution for it. And so I don't know if that's something that it was an idea that got saved for like season nine or something. Um, but like I pointed out, Jim and Pam definitely make a lot of life decisions without having a discussion. And lastly, immediately after this episode aired, the office website, DunderMifflinInfinity.com, which was NBC's just office fan page, sent a mass email to any of its subscribers uh, from Michael Scott encouraging everyone to join his new company. And the message included a link to the Michael Scott Paper Company website. And Michael's message to everyone he was trying to recruit said, as the manager of Dunder Mifflin Scranton, I learned two things. Everything about the paper business and that Dunder Mifflin is a sucky company. I'm taking that expertness and creating the Michael Scott Paper Company. I cannot promise success, but I will promise you the best effing time of your life. Essentially kind of a riff of what he told people and the office that he was trying to convince to come with him. I don't know if you're going to get paid. I don't know if we're going to sell any paper, but you're going to have fun along the way. This episode actually got a great deal of positive reviews, which I was a little surprised by, but as Curtis said, it's a good, it's well-written, it advances the story. Yeah, the, the comedic things aren't there, maybe besides, uh, you know, kind of pointing out Idris Elba's uh, um, just looks and having Kelly and Angela just throw themselves at him and saying, I, I know the effect I have on women. I, that was kind of a standout comedic moment for me. Curtis, who gets fired in this episode? Well, we lose Michael for a multitude of reasons. Uh, even if you put in your two weeks, you probably still can't drink while on the job. Yeah. And he gets officially fired for using Dunder Mifflin Stationery to start his own paper company. Right. We also... For the sake of this episode, we also lose Pam. She doesn't get fired, but she does quit Dunder Mifflin as well. Right. We don't see Daryl. No Daryl. Correct. So it is Michael's 10th firing, and it's his 47th overall. Antoinette, what is your Dundee for this episode? Before I get to my Dundee, one thing we forgot to point out in regards to Pam leaving Dunder Mifflin to go to the Michael Scott Paper Company is that she says to Michael, if I come with you, I'm not the receptionist anymore. And so he offers back executive assistant. And she says, no, I, I'm in sales. I want to be a salesman. So she's looking to make a career change, essentially. So my Dundee is the True to the End Award, and that goes to Andy. And with the end being seemingly the boss-employee relationship between himself and Michael. And what I mean by that is Andy is a kiss-ass, 
all the way up to the end. He gets Michael a gift, and it happens to just be like a bottle of wine. And Michael says, I already have that. But he just says, I really enjoyed working for you. I learned a lot. I hope we end up working together again someday. And no one else has those sentiments about Michael. And I bet Andy doesn't even really have those sentiments about Michael. And we see that firsthand when Michael asks him to come to Michael Scott Paper Company. And Andy doesn't say no, but he definitely doesn't say yes either. Exactly. What is your Dundee? The Poor Customer Service Award goes to whatever company Dunder Mifflin got that copier from. Uh, Usually when you make a purchase like that, it comes with support and they set everything up. Like at my job, we recently got new copiers and like they do all the programming and there's a support contract. So if something goes wrong, they send somebody out to try and fix it. So for some reason that did not happen with this copier. Yeah. When you make such an expensive and technical sort of purchase, they don't just drop it off and go. (laughs) Who is your employee of the month? I chose everyone but Pam who made the decision not to follow Michael and his dream he's had since lunch. Who's your employee of the month? I picked Charles for finally doing what should have happened a long, long time ago and firing Michael. (laughs) So that does it for this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod to get all the latest updates. And... Keep listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us. Be sure to rate, subscribe, like, and comment wherever you can in order to get our name out there. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.